This show is brought to you in part by the University of Advancing Technology. UAT is a unique technology-infused private college that was founded by a geek for other geeks. Our mission is to educate students in the fields of advancing technology to become innovators of the future. UAT's campus culture is devoted to continually nurturing a thriving geek community where everyone's personal lives and professional aspirations revolve around technology. The beginning of the 21st century is an exciting time to be in the technology community. Current subjects of ongoing research and scholarship at UAT include robotics and embedded systems, artificial life programming, information and network security, game development, and other areas of advanced technology. Check them out on the web at www.uat.edu. Shoutcast streaming provided by Versus the World Productions, www.vtwproductions.com. Hi, this is Will Wheaton from Radio Free Burrito, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. Hello. Hey, who's excited for Green Lantern? I was talking That's about all I smart. wanted. Who's excited for Star Trek next summer? I'm excited for Green Lantern this summer. <laughs> um, I guess they're just finishing uh, setting up the old DVD pointer. You guys are going to see an awesome sizzle reel. It's loading. It's loading. It's DVD video. Oh no, you're going to give it away. They've never seen this before. Damn it! <laughs> It's what we call a spaceship. I know, that's right, ooh ah. That just got real. (laughs) Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Are we lights down? No, it sounds Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year... You didn't ever hear any of that. You understand me? Is that you started? Can we go back to the beginning? And can we, like, dim lights? Or is that crazy stuff? We want this to be an intimate experience for everyone. There we go. Wow. I feel like we're building this up way too much. You guys are going to be so lucky. Yes, go. Make it so. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before.
respond to the Talon arrival with fear and misgiving. We have been frozen in time for over 300 years. I'm Captain Dylan Hunt of the High Guard, commander of this vessel. I hate to break it to you, but you guys lost. I have an idea. You always do. <laughs> He gave something from his heart, a dream of the future that gave hope. It said so many things to so many people about it's not always going to be this way, it will be better. That was your dad's gift. 
Yes, there, there's, a, there's a relation to Gene Roddenberry. Gene was my father. It wasn't until after he passed away that I found out that Star Trek actually touched people. Star Trek is more than just a show. It's a philosophy. If I have any overall philosophy, it's a great optimism about mankind. For all the foolish things we do, we're a pretty remarkable creature, and I think we're still in our childhood. I would say it's just as important today as it was back in the 60s when it first came out. We had hands hovering over red buttons, and here was a show that offered us hope. Every time I saw one, I thought to myself, damn, this is good. I wonder what he was like before Star Trek happened. I don't think your dad could have had his dream realized by a studio in today's world. Tomorrow is the last day of filming for Star Trek Enterprise, and we're just going to go on. Is that your camera? They're kicking us off the lot. He would, have, he would totally walked off the lot. Boycotted Star Trek with me. I don't know if Star Trek will, but the Roddenberries will always be here for you. I especially. I find it interesting, you know, for sons to try to explore what their fathers have done. It's a quest someday I hope my own son goes on. And we can get the lights up, please. And that's that. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for coming, guys. Good night. <laughs> Good night, Phoenix. Uh, we could turn the lights up. Uh, we have nothing else I to show you. I was joking. He really does look much better in the uh, in the light. Well, we'll start talking like anyways. Beer commercials, you know, it's you know. Trevor loves beer. Yes. And so, vodka. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, right, everybody. We'll just start talking. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Why not? And then the lights will come on, and everyone will be we'll adjusting their eyes. Let's yeah. do that. Hello. I'm Tori Mel. I am a, uh, a producer and production supervisor at, uh, hey, hello. At Roddenberry Productions, uh, the creators of this little sci-fi entity known as Star Trek. And that's what I do. I'm that guy. Uh, I'm Trevor Roth. Uh, I'm the COO of Roddenberry Productions. Uh, I have known the Roddenberry family uh, personally for a very, very long time. And um, Mike, whoa. Hey. Hi. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, you know, uh, together with Gene's son, uh, Rod, who unfortunately couldn't be here, uh, we are now embarking on a brand new endeavor to create um, awesome new sci-fi for you guys and continue to live the dream and philosophies of uh, the old traditions that Gene set forth. And we're here to talk to you about all of that fun stuff today and uh, introduce you to some new things we're doing and uh, talk to you about some old stuff we've done and answer any questions that are super, super smart. No dumb ones. No, I'm just kidding. Any questions at all? There are um, no dumb questions, know. only yeah. dumb answers, Trevor. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and talk to you about uh, a lot of stuff and then tease you about some stuff that we can't tell you yet. Yay! <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, let's, just, uh, let's just get this party started. Uh, as you saw in the uh, sizzle reel, we had a bunch of things from Star Trek, which everyone knows, and Andromeda and Earth Final Conflict, to a couple of new and fun and exciting things that we've been doing for the past couple of years, uh, two of which are Gene's Journal and Rod and Barry, uh, two awesome comic strips that we uh, have on our website. Uh, we have two new... Uh, Three new strips every week of yes. each one, right? Correct. Created by uh, Trevor Roth. Uh, yeah. Gene's Journal is the uh, story of a young Gene Roddenberry uh, in, in a world where uh, you know there's no such thing as aliens. There's none of that stuff. But this little boy who just wants to live his life, he gets abducted by aliens. 
and he starts going on these journeys and writing all this stuff down like you know there's there's no you're just trying to you know look the fact of the matter is is that <laughs> Gene Roddenberry was abducted as a young boy I tried to keep it a secret Trevor and his experiences led him to create you know the science fiction you guys love but being probed in places that he told me about that I will not tell you about wasn't pretty. So, uh, yeah. But Gene's journal actually is awesome. It talks about uh, <laughs> Gene Roddenberry, young Gene Roddenberry, and brings you into a world um, that is, is very much something that we've all gone through in adolescence with the awesome twist of, um, yes, uh, agents four and six uh, abducting Gene every so often and taking him on wild, wild adventures that you guys will oftentimes uh, see references to some of your favorite Gene Roddenberry stuff. It was a great, uh, great thing to create. Um, it's in development right now um, for uh, a television series. And um, it uh, really gives a nod to a lot of the material that you want and kind of reimagines where it might have come from, your favorite characters, dialogue, scenarios, episodes, along with uh, a look into Gene himself as a person, as a character, um, and lets you know a little bit more about what it might have been like to have been abducted at age 10 and then later to have created some of the best science fiction ever. Has anyone ever been to a Roddenberry.com? All of you? <laughs> oh my! So don't raise your hand if you've been there. There's oh my god! There's this new thing. It's called the interweb. Yes. Internet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's awesome. You put a bunch of letters in the computer. And, That's uh, where we tweet. Yeah. That's his other technology. Yeah. No, if you go to Roddenberry.com, you could uh, see nothing but awesome things about Star Trek, Roddenberry, and uh, everything we're doing. And you could see the whole back catalog of every uh, Jeans Journal comic strip that, uh, that we've done over the past two years. Yeah, there are, I think we're at like 300 strips. Um, they'll probably go into syndication. We're talking to people about that soon. And as I said, the, the television series. So we're really excited about that. You can get to anything you, that we do through a site. I guess, which brings us to, to Roddenberry. Yeah, there, there's another uh, thing on our website, www.roddenberry.com. Uh, <laughs> it's another comic strip called uh, Roddenberry, Those Two Adorable Aliens. Appropriately named. Absolutely. Huh. So smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, Roddenberry is, is essentially the story of uh, two space geeks, the first ever space geeks. And uh, Rod and Barry uh, were sent down to scout Earth for annihilation. And uh, upon happening um, uh, to connect with science fiction and all the things that uh, we in this room love, they uh, recognize that they cannot annihilate this world, that they must save it from the evil overlord that is telling them to scout it for annihilation. And they continue to uh, you know, love and breathe and argue and debate about sci-fi becoming sort of a Siskel and Ebert meets Beavis and Butthead meets sci-fi um, you know, while trying to keep at bay their, their master who is insisting on blowing us all up. So. The fact that you're sitting here today, the fact that we didn't all go down in flames on the 21st, 21st. it's because of them. You can thank them, yeah. Um, no, it's an awesome strip, and, and it too is, is something that we are, we're developing um, with some people that we can't quite talk about yet, but it should be really awesome. Um, some possible very cool voiceover type people for, for something like that going above and beyond comic strips. But um, if you do like comic strips, and uh, we are at a comic con, you know, then um, you should check out what's there as well. Again, we're up to like 300 strips on that. They've been uh, recently doing some really cool arcs. Actually, some of them tore here created. They've, uh, they've uh, been down to G4 and fallen in love with Olivia Munn recently. They uh, um, went uh, up to their home planet and, 
and dealt with the guild. Yep. They, they, yeah, is anyone familiar like with the, the guild? guild? Yeah. yeah. Right. So Roddenberry liked the guild. They've decided to kill them all. And, uh, and currently, I think soon, they're going to start taking on God. Because why the hell not, right? Look, if an all-powerful being stole all of your Twinkies, what would you do? Right. You'd go find that That's mother, right. You mother effort, ass. right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, no, we have really a good time with it. It's really uh, able to uh, talk about a lot of things in science fiction that we love. I mean, we, we're up here because we're fairly big geeks ourselves, and um, we just really wanted to shine a light on all the ridiculously inane but very important conversations and debates that we all have about, um, you know, geekdom and sci-fi and Star Trek and everything else in the world um, that takes up our time that shouldn't be. Mostly my time. I'm a full-blown nerd with superhero tattoos. Yeah. Thank you. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah flash, Green Lantern. Yeah. Yeah, you don't even want to see his back. I have a giant Stargate and an Aquaman on my back. It's also really... I'm that guy. It's also really hairy. Yeah. It's kind of gross. Otherwise, I'd be whipping it yeah. out, but... <laughs> um, so, so those are uh, those are our two comic strips uh, that you can see at Roddenberry.com that are awesome and fun and super funny and you know they're quick reads. So check them out and let us know how you like them. Yeah. Um, another thing that you saw on there, I think the next one was uh, this little project that we're doing. Yeah, Days Missing. I don't know if anybody has checked it out yet, but it's actually on the second series. It's gotten really high accolades from everyone from. Uh, comic book uh, fans to um, critics to uh, Star Trek fans. So if you love Star Trek, if you love comics, um, if you love what this guy loves, then you will love this book. Uh, it's, it's actually a really cool uh, thing. It, it speaks, you know, one thing when we started uh, recreating in a way what we were or creating, I guess, what we were going to do with Roddenberry and relaunching it and figuring out how we're going to make things that people who love Star Trek are still going to be able to like hang on to and really understand and feel like, yes, there's something in here that's Roddenberry that makes this better than Enterprise. <clears throat> you know, um, Which I is know. my favorite series, so I, you know, yeah. so I, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah jab, jab. <laughs> um, so, you know, no, I, I think we, we really took a, a very long time um, knowing Gene and understanding what he created and why it was able to last so long. And if you take a look, especially at this book and other things that we're going to be coming out with, I think you will see that if you know you like Star Trek and like what Gene created in it, it's, it's in everything and throughout everything we're going to be doing. Um, Days Missing essentially is about a, uh, a lost history in time. It's, it's focused around this ancient being known as the steward, who throughout all of our history has kind of intervened and interacted with humanity. But um, due to his uh, mission and his powers, um, was able to fold away any day that um, he was a part of, such that it extracted all recognition, memory, detail of him throughout all of our history that we would know. And in the annals of his library lie all of these days, these days missing, that speak to these amazing things that have occurred in our history and throughout our history, these awesome action, science fiction, you know, episodes, if you will, um, that, that he's been a part of that none of us know about, such that, you know, if, if you guys, you know, know where you were on December 31st, 1999, worrying about Y2K and thinking, lad, I hope this isn't going to happen, you know, let me just tell you that it did. You know, one second after 11.59, 59 seconds, our world went dark. Everything went black. But in the next 24 hours, the steward was able to reboot us with the help of certain human beings, folded that day away such that what you remember in your drunken stupors, all of you people, were, you know, three, two, one. 
Oh, there's no Y2K. Uh, yeah, so the steward is, is, uh, is there to uh, help us and guide us and, and let us be, you know, to some extent, prime directive, you know, um, you know who we are going to be, but to, to help us along the way and, and help us progress and hopefully help us avoid horrible things. Uh, the first series, which um, is in hard book now, is, uh, you know, deals with everything from, like, Frankenstein and monsters to Aztecs and conquistadors to um, nanite, nanite monsters and you know and and the second series is uh, is you know just come out in um, the issue forms it's going to be coming out in hard copy I think at Comic Con yeah. in San Diego and um, and it is equally as strong um, the idea behind it is simply that you know. Um, you know, the steward may not be alone in this world of, of levels and that uh, there might be someone else that uh, is introduced, I guess, that uh, he has to deal with uh, a little bit more like him. So uh, it's been awesome. Uh, there's some amazing artists. If you know people like Dale Keown, Alex Ross. Alex Ross. Uh, <laughs> God, I mean, so many people. Like, Ryan we just got Benjamin, such a... Ryan Benjamin, Jorge Molina, David Mack, yeah. um, Phil Hester, uh, God. Everyone, uh, <laughs> Fraser Irving, David Hine, Ian Edgington, uh, a great group of people that uh, contributed to the writing of the first series, to the art of the first series and the second series. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really, really bad at math. Uh, and feel free to someone shout the answer. And I've been trying to remember what five times five is. Who's 25? Yeah, that guy's oh. so smart. Well, you I, should oh, take I a book. Actually that lady with the glasses you think? shot it to me first. Well, right. Of course, there you go. Enjoy. Thank you, guys. Uh, you know, things like that just really explode my head. Wow. I know, complex equations. I'm telling you. And you know what? He does that often. So, you know, I next do. I'm, time. I'm all about math. So, like, one time I'm like, oh, shoot, what's two plus three? Five. That guy actually got it this time. So, there you go. So, it's never going to be that simple because sometimes I do know what one plus one is two. So, don't get crazy on me. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, Days Missing is a, is a super fun series. Um, we're also uh, uh, talking to uh, various different uh, studios about uh, producing it as a, a TV show and or a feature film. Mind you, be very clear, for those people who love comics, it's a good comic. It wasn't just created to be a TV show. But it's good enough that it can be. Absolutely. Whose name begins with an L here? An L. Boom, that gentleman right there, you get a copy of number two. Wow. Yeah, see how an that L? works? An L. Why that, an L? Because I'm like Wheel of Fortune. Why not a Q? That would have been like no one would, you know. <laughs> well, because then I would have to go back on the plane with these things, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Thank All you. Right. I'm honest. <laughs> yes, sir. It's, it's, to you on Earth, if you were to a human being, it's as if no time has passed at all. Of course, you go from one second to the next. But pretend that between any given two seconds, an entirety of 24 hours occurred that you're unaware of. And the changes that resulted from that, um, whether it be psychologically or otherwise, will have had uh, an event. I'll give you an example real quick. Uh, Thomas Edison, right? Okay, so Thomas Edison created a whole bunch of things, the light bulb and all this kind of stuff. But there was a day in Thomas Edison's life when he could not get that goddamn thing to work. He was like, I just, I'm throwing it away, you know? It doesn't work, you know? And the next day, you know, it did. There was a reason that he changed something to create that light bulb, the one that's, you know, very important to us. Um, 
and, and the steward, what you don't know is the 24 hours between those two times that the steward had intervened and been a part of the creation of that. You know. Uh, it's really a great read. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's available uh, in... We should probably tell them also the days. We can tell them the days of the second one. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Like, absolutely. So the second one, uh, the second series, sorry, uh, deals with the birth of the sword um, in ancient China. It deals with the burning of Alexandria in Egypt. It deals with uh, the moon landing. moon landing. The moon, the moon, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Don't get in an argument about uh, that yeah, with Andy Buzz. Kaufman. He'll go All crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, the fourth one is, is about Y2K, Y2K uh, a very awesome one. And the fifth one, we're going to keep a little bit of a secret because it's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's December uh, 21st, 2012. Yeah. No. Yeah, the, uh, we, are, we are planning on the, uh, on the third series, and that's in uh, early development now. Hopefully, we'll be out uh, next summer. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a fun, fun book. Yeah, and, and it's like, by the way, like the prices on these, are we uh, publish it through Arkea, if I don't know if you guys know Arkea, but it's a, a, a nice... Um, independent uh, uh, publisher that's done really quality stuff and uh, it's only 20 bucks like so it's like totally worth like it, it's got awesome all this extra shit in it or if you remember my name swear, you can get one know. right now oh my you god <laughs> <laughs> wow I've been trying to forget that name forever For you that's lady. so funny that you remember it <laughs> awesome and they're also available uh, digitally on uh, comiXology and graphically so if you're into the whole e-reader thing you know the killer of my precious comic books uh, you know Feel free to get it there yeah. or get it at your store. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we have other stuff to talk about. Uh, we, have, we have Trek Nation. Yeah. Which is, Does uh, anybody know about Trek Nation at all? 25. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, yours! you! Because <laughs> you know what? Between the last time someone answered, he forgot. So. Exactly. I was like, shoot. Uh, okay, so. And how long it's taken to make yeah. Trek Nation. <laughs> so if you don't know about Trek Nation, it's a documentary that we've been working on for quite a while. And um, it, uh, it's a very real and, and personal and true story um, to us. So I think that's part of the reason that it, that it took so long. But it, it actually is in its finishing stages. We're currently talking to a number of different outlets about how we're going to get it to you people. And we should have an announcement very shortly about where you're going to see it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for those of you who don't know what it is, it's, uh, it's essentially about my business partner, Rod, who is the son of Gene Roddenberry, the only son of Gene Roddenberry um, and Majel, of course. And uh, it is truly his exploration into the man behind um, the show. Uh, unfortunately, Gene died, and I remember when this was, when, when uh, Rod was only 17 years old. So he lost his father at, at a quite a young age, well before he was able to understand what Star Trek was all about and what you know phenomenon Gene had created and all those kinds of things. And it was only uh, at the memorial service that he started to kind of look around and, and recognize, to be honest, all these strangers <laughs> that were there. And he kind of said, like, why are all these people at my dad's memorial? Um, and it was the first time that he started to think, you know, oh, I I think there might be something, you know, beyond this show, um, and uh, and only many years later, after that, did he decide to go on the quest that is Trek Nation, um, and uh, and essentially it is uh, through the touchstones that were left to us and to him, um, people like yourselves, by the way, who were influenced by Star Trek and and understood it to be slightly more than uh, than entertainment, um, people that worked with Gene. Uh, interviews with people that you've never seen before that knew Gene as a person um, beyond the show, people that worked on the show as well, actors and such, 
um, all were sort of interviewed and, and uh, talked to so that uh, he could understand the legacy that's been left and, uh, and we can understand the tradition that we need to follow. And um, it's a great documentary. It's um, once again something that's taken us a long time to get right, but we are there and it will be um, uh, coming to you very, very shortly. So please, you know, keep up. You can go to treknationmovie.com. You can go to roddenberry.com. You can go to Comic-Con. And you can hear, uh, you know, how that's all going to work and what, and what we're doing there. But uh, it's been a tremendous journey for us. It's been um, one of, uh, of a very personal nature. If you guys um, also, I hope you encourage anybody who, like, doesn't know Star Trek besides the J.J. Abrams version, which... We liked, uh, but if the, you don't know it besides that one, you know, we encourage you to tell people, look, this came from somewhere, and there's been a very long history of Star Trek, and, um, and it was due to one man and a lot of collaboration after that that it came to all of you and, and means so much to all of us. So it's a, it's a really cool journey that will hopefully tell you guys things that you didn't know and, uh, and bring you into a, a world of a man that um, you know, was pretty goddamn cool. Can I say goddamn? I keep I think swearing, I feel like. I think at conventions, people like swearing. But I, That's what I've learned. Well, shit. Yes. Yes. All right. It's all happening. You get a book. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's really funny because I oftentimes forget what this city is named after. Who said that first? I heard someone behind. That gentleman in the hat? Come on down! That's like an awesome game show. You've won Dave's Missing Castes issue number one! Woo! Woo! Very cool. We should get his name. What's your name, What's sir? your name? Richard. Richard! Here you go, my friend. Enjoy. All right, Richard Hatch. All right. You were great on Battlestar. Fantastic. <laughs> Um, we are, so uh, that's Trek Nation. Yeah. Um, it, as, by the way, if you haven't also been to Roddenberry.com, and funny enough, one of the reasons we're here. Is everybody going to come back next year? Is everyone having a good time, by the way, at this convention? Because we're here to decide if we're coming back next year. No, I'm just thinking. Well, uh, we, <laughs> we're on a recon mission. Yeah. <laughs> to, to annihilate the Earth and our supreme overlord. Well, I'm Rod. This yeah. is Barry. Yes. <laughs> Um, no, uh, you know, actually, uh, we, uh, because one of the things that, that we do, if you, if you don't know, is, um, is we have uh, some merchandising sections of our business, actually. What? And, um, and, and let me just explain why I care at all to tell you about it. Um, it really has to do with, by the way, our, our approach to any kind of merchandising that we do. Um, the merchandising that we do all comes from people who worked on the shows that we do and uh, actual props or anything that were used in the shows. It's really the most authentic uh, Star Trek stuff you can get on the market. And uh, to be honest, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's something that we take a great amount of pride in because at the end of the day, we don't want to put something out there that is not of the most extreme quality. I mean, we, by the way, know how fans can get about things being wrong. And so we, we've gone straight to the source on almost everything that we, that we create, that we produce, that we do, in order to make sure that what we sell is of a, a high, high, high quality and authenticity. Uh-oh. Is this any relation to Lincoln Enterprise? It Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Uh, Forty <laughs> years ago, this man, no, give him Hey, you yeah. get a trade! Just because you're old enough to know Lincoln Enterprises. Congratulations. Uh, enjoy JJ's uh, what, what he's referring to, just to let you guys know, is, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. How uh, dare you! <laughs> I'm leaving! Um, 
But it was a world away because, because it was well before Star Wars actually ever came out with any merchandising. And uh, Majel Roddenberry, um, who was also Loxana Troy and Nurse Chapel and the voice of the computer, um, had this idea that when Jane created uh, Star Trek that she would create a merchandising business to go along with the show. Now this was in 66, so you gotta remember that was like way before merchandising was anything. And she created Lincoln Enterprises because I guess Jane loved Abraham Lincoln, which is, Who doesn't yeah. love Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> he's and look he's tall. Gene's tall, you know. Um, so, uh, so he created Lincoln Enterprises, and for the past 40 years, we have endeavored to create, um, you know, Star Trek memorabilia and products and things of that nature. And you know, in the past, I'd say 10 years, we've really taken it up a notch. If anybody's been to uh, once again Roddenberry.com, the store, and everything like that, you'll see the quality of the stuff that we put out there is no joke. And, um, you know, once again, we just endeavor to put out something that is of the highest, highest level of authenticity and accuracy that we can. And um, I encourage you all, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, you want to have a phaser that actually makes the sounds and whiz-giz and all that kind of stuff. And they're like heavy. They All these, all the props have weight to them, and yeah. they feel really cool. No, these aren't toys. These are, you know, uh, Pete, yes. <laughs> so... Infinite diversity and infinite combinations gets a book. <laughs> there you go. If you're in New York, we give away pizza too. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so so uh, no, we encourage you to check out the stuff. We encourage you to keep looking on Roddenberry.com and and see the kinds of things. I don't we're think doing. we answered his question though. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming, guys. Have a book and yeah. just sit down. Yeah. Okay. How dare you ask a question? Uh, no, I actually, you know what? I, I actually do think that that is true. I know that you know it's funny. Uh, one of the many things that has transferred down from Gene to to us and his son is the the philosophy of Idik. Um, we hold true to that so so strongly because we truly believe that it's not even good enough just to accept the differences between people, but hopefully to celebrate them. And we think that that's what it's all about. And um, and I do believe that they also yes felt so strongly that it was one of the first things they did. So there you have it. Look at that man. Everyone knows their history here. I love it. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Do we ha do we like sell the actual like one of the original Lincoln catalogs? No, we don't actually. That would be rad to yeah, sell. Yeah, I would buy that. I'm just saying. Note that down. Yeah, yeah note to sell. Um, also, just actually, we should also mention. I don't know. Does anybody search on this interweb thing that he's talking about? Does anybody do that? You can actually go to RoddenberrySearch.com if you want to, and um, it's a search engine like any other search engine. You get all the same, you know, results and all that kind of stuff. But you can earn a Roddenberry tokens while you're doing it, and then get free Star Trek shit. So. See, I said shit again. He, he loves it. That. That's your word, but you yeah. can say it on cable, too. So I'm it's telling, like, yeah. you're, you're cable ready, yeah. Trevor. I'm HBO of yeah. Phoenix Comic Con. Yeah. And, I, and I'm the Z channel. Nobody remembers that, yeah. but whatever. Um, so yeah, no, so if you, you search around and you want to do some cool stuff and earn some points that you can get cool stuff from it, um, everything we've had, everything from sweepstakes where you get a call from, to, from Michelle Nichols to uh, tickets to Comic Con actually last yeah. year. Um, as well as some other just cool, you know, things that you can hang on your wall. Slumber party at my house, or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but so yeah, Roddenberry Search is, uh, is awesome and everyone should use that as their search engine because I've said so. Yeah. Does anybody <laughs> have any questions that they want to ask about any of the stuff that we've rambled on about? Do you have any relationship with the new movies? Or do you have any say in it? Or do you have any 
I'm doing one of those. Yeah, that's good, because that's about right. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> the answer is yes and no. You know, I, honestly, there are a ton of chiefs and, or chefs in that kitchen. Um, you know, uh, certain rights obviously lie with Paramount and CBS and J.J. Abrams uh, and Bad Robot are taking care of the franchise very, very well, we hope, in many, many areas. So um, I think that, you know, in many ways, you know, we are outside the scope of directly what's going on, but we are kept abreast of many, many things. We have a very good relationship, especially with Bad Robot, um, and are aware of many things that we can't talk to you about. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, we continue to care about, and they continue to care that we care. And therefore, you know, um, you know I, I don't think that we have no voice at the table, and at the same time, you know, we do understand that, you know, uh, there is yet a new generation of Star Trek uh, to be made, and um, you know, as long as hopefully it adheres to you know the ideas that Gene originally created, and the you know themes and ideas that there can be more to entertainment and I you know um, philosophies in it, and, and dealing with issues of the day and all that kind of stuff, you know, we, we hope that uh, you know this next incarnation really gets there and and, and um, you know does the job. I think the first one was a really fun ride. And, um, and we're hoping that the, you know, uh, depth gets to on the second one, but we'll have to see. And, you know, once again, yeah, we're kept abreast. Who, uh, who's heard of a show um, that, uh, uh, it was, a, it was a, a movie that came on TV, a TV movie, a couple years back, it was called Questor. Boom! <laughs> that just happened. Yes. <laughs> see, see what's happening here, guys? Just yeah. say yes, and, and you get stuff. Mm. <laughs> I, ha I have a fat yeah. wallet. <laughs> this guy has never heard of that Absolutely. show, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, the reason, actually, Tori brings that up is, is because... Because um, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know what Questor is, I'll give you a real quick rundown. It was actually something that was created by Gene in 1972, I think it was on the air. And uh, it was called the Quester Tapes at the time. And if you want to get a bootleg copy or something like that, you can out there in the black market. Anyway, um, uh, it's about, it's about, about uh, the very first sort of android, um, this android that wake, wakes up um, and doesn't quite understand where it is and, and why it is. And, uh, and with the help of um, Dr. Robinson, who was a scientist that kind of worked on the project at the time, um, goes off to find its creator. Uh, and, uh, is, is, you know, many things um, that are different about it than Star Trek, I will say that the inspiration of Quester, because it didn't end up, it was a TV movie, but it didn't end up as a series, actually filtered into one of the most beloved characters of TNG, Data. Don't tell. Sorry. 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 Trying to get rid of this last book. Oh. He doesn't want to carry it, you see? Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's there the, you that, go. That's an OG shirt. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so that's that is shirt. actually... Get up, show everyone that shirt. Just made it before the movie came out. That's incredible. Look at that. Oh, awesome. Beautiful. That's a great shirt. It was fun. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. You will find out about Gene Roddenberry and the LAPD in the documentary, actually. It's, yeah, That's very great. interesting story. The guy world. had a whole life before Star Trek. It's crazy. Uh, um, who thought? Um, but, uh, yeah, so Quester is, is actually a really cool idea, and uh, we recently uh, made, a, uh, made a deal with Imagine Entertainment 
to, um, to develop it as a television show. So uh, you guys should also be looking out for that. Um, imagine, you know, if you don't know who they are, make fantastically quality um, and very good television and movies um, run by Brian Grazer and, and Ron Howard. And um, they really saw in it what we see in it. Um, and uh, the showrunner on it right now, you know, although those things fall off sometimes, <laughs> but is actually the, the writer of Green Lantern. His name is Michael Green. And he's a fantastically um, uh, treasured person in, in Hollywood because he actually cares about the stuff he makes and makes very good stuff. And um, uh, we're currently working with him and with Imagine on developing how this thing will be brought into a new generation of Quester. And um, it's gonna be awesome, actually. We're Absolutely. Do you, want to, uh, do you want to tell them about Le Blanco Room? Or? Yeah, no, no, we can, we can tell them that. You okay. know. So you'll see more about this at Comic-Con, but there's yeah, so, uh, you know, one more thing. Sadly, that we're... this convention, which is kick-ass, is like right when we're putting together all our new stuff for uh, San Diego. So make sure you come to San Diego also. But we'll, <laughs> we'll see if we could uh, give away some <laughs> tickets on the search thing. Yeah. Go to Roddenberry.com. And because uh, we, we might do another ticket giveaway, so make sure you go there and see and yada yada. We'd like you guys to be there. Yes. Um, I have a comment and a question. Yes. Okay. I've been late, so tell me if I have anything to But anyways, um, I like Amazon. I don't care what anybody says. It's my favorite series out of all of them. Okay, good, because everybody keeps bashing it. We're on the same team. Yeah, I think I think that's that happened with uh, when Manny yeah, Cotto came Ma on. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys know Manny Cotto, tremendously talented guy. Um, he's working on Dexter right now, but Manny um, came on for the third season of um, of Enterprise and actually was sort of known to be the person among uh, fandoms and and others that uh, brought you know back to its roots a little bit. Manny was a tremendous fan of TOS and. Being a prequel to that, you know, I think that um, he he did his very best to uh, to get it back to a place people liked. So my question is, do you think, or are you folks involved with something that would bring Star Trek experience back? Meaning Star Trek the experience or Star Trek the experience? The Las Vegas, the Las Vegas <laughs> thing. Okay, so the Las Vegas thing it's interesting. I don't know if how many guys ever made it out to Vegas and actually look at you guys. Great. We will also be doing something special in Vegas. Um, but um, if you made it out to Vegas, then obviously, you know, you know the experiences. And, you know, um, I think it was two years ago now it two shut years. down. Yeah. Or maybe three? Last year so, wasn't there. The year before was the okay. last year it was there. So I, yeah. Is it two? Two? Or is it two. three? I don't know. Either way, my Quark's bar is gone, and I'm sad. Yes. Yes. It's sad. I don't yeah. Know. Um, but, you know, they, they obviously, you know, what I've... We know that it originally, it, when it shut down, it was actually meant to be relocated immediately. And there was another company that, that took it up and was going to recreate it in Las Vegas, actually. And um, unfortunately, I, to my understanding, it was sort of when everything went to hell in our nation. And, um, and you know, the funding kind of fell through for certain things that were going to come about. Um, after that fact, they did do, like, this auction thing where they sold off some of what is Quark's Bar and all those kind of cool things, but they kept the best of it. So although I don't know anything specifically, I would say because they kept the best of it, it's sort of our hope that it will, you know, reemerge in some fashion. I think that especially with, you know, once again, new, uh, new Star Trek's coming out in 2012 and all those kinds of things, 
you know, it makes a lot of sense for it to be resurrected um, in certain ways, but I, I don't specifically know of anything, sadly. It's something that comes up in conversation every so often, to be honest. And, and you know, I mean, um, we actually recently uh, talked to a company about something in Times Square that would be, I wouldn't say similar, but, you know, something that fills a void in that area. Um, but uh, they're, they're just discussions, and they are things that, that come to the table. And I wouldn't say we're not doing anything, and I wouldn't say we are. And we had a gentleman over there. Can I trade you a DVD for that last book? What DVD? What is it? What's it about? I want the elevator pitch. Like, I can't waste uh, people's time. This guy just had to say yes, by the way. This guy needs to do I mean, I may, if what I, kind of, I if mean, I'm just, about to go into some He's going to give you something. What did that guy give you? Nothing. He gave me a smile. Jeez. A smile and a dream. I'll give it to you. I want to see your DVD. I, I, look, I was trying to get the free plug for the guy, but you just want it. Boom. You want you to tell us what it is so that everyone knows? Oh, okay. Real quick, Real elevator quick. pitch. That Real means quick. you have. It's a series oh, about. No, sorry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's just a series about um, a mysterious Locker 13. It's any Locker 13, but every Locker 13 has something supernatural attached to it. Um, and each one is a different story. It's an anthology film. Anthology. Boom. Enjoy your book, my friend. Thank you. Beautiful. Um, and you had a question? Yeah, I You know, so so both Earth Fund of Conflict and, and uh, Andromeda were um, were originally distributed by a company called Tribune Entertainment, um, and Tribune Entertainment is like no more. There's just like no such thing anymore. So it's funny because the rights to Andromeda and Earth Fund of Conflict and all the things that can or should or would be done with them are sort of this tangled web of confusion. Um, it's definitely something that we talk about, you know, you know, is it something, once again, that we want to try and resurrect and or continue in any kind of way? Um, but to be honest, John, I'll give you a quick anecdotal sort of story to give you an understanding of really how weird our, you know, world is. Um, uh, you know, it, it's something that, you know, we're not sure, you know, where it's going to go. You know, obviously we have a lot of on our plate right now, and we want to continue to create in the vein and tradition of Roddenberry, but new things that you guys can enjoy, you know, as well as um, continuing with the traditions of, of the old things that are continuing. So um, it's definitely always on the radar, but it's, you know, I would say, you know, do we have an absolute plan for it? No, I mean, just to give, once again, the anecdote. So I don't know if any of you guys like Earth Fun of Conflict enough to buy the DVDs, but if you do, what you'll, what you'll know is that <laughs> season four and five came out, oh no, season three and four, sorry, came out of Earth Fauna Conflict first. If you wanted the DVDs, season three and four came out, but season one and two never came out. Then the company that put out season three and four went away, so you couldn't get those anymore, and someone decided to put out season one, but not season two or five. <laughs> so if you're really slick at the moment, you can get season one and three and four, and two supposed to have been coming three years ago, and never C5. <laughs> and Boom. that's our world. He just blew your minds. <laughs> um, and uh, so the, the last thing I guess we want to talk about uh, 
is a project that we're producing uh, in-house, um, uh, very interactively, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's a, a thing called the White Room O2B3. Uh, we were introduced to a, a very new type of camera technology um, that shoots 360 degrees. Yeah. Uh, so instantly, us being Roddenberry and loving all things tech, uh, Trevor was like, we got to make something. <laughs> <laughs> it's the coolest thing, dude. They use it for like museums a lot right now, and, uh, and uh, they use it for videos. music videos and things. Um, and it's literally a camera that shoots 360 degrees at all times. And we were like, wow, like how can we use that to create a story and create, you know, entertainment? And uh, we, we um, you know, found a way, we believe, that we're going to be uh, producing and shooting actually this Next, summer. Yeah. This summer, right? Yeah, we're shooting this summer. In June. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're shooting this summer, and uh, we found, you know, there are actually dome theaters that you can go to in the United States. I don't know if you guys know of any of them. There are a lot of them in planetariums, things like that. As well as on the internet, you can literally, if you watch this thing, when it's done, you can literally, like, move your mouse to one side or the other and see any part of the 360 degrees at any time during the, the film that you want to, so you get to see like what anybody, anybody in this thing, any character is doing at any given time, which is really, really cool and also really, really hard to produce because everyone has to be acting at all times. There's no like cut, try again or anything like, and why are you picking your nose? It's like everyone has to do everything exactly right all the time. Uh, it's, I guess it's like when you Film shake your head, theater. you got to do yeah. it right the one time. But it's, it's going to be awesome, and, um, and it utilizes this new technology that's great and never been used in a storytelling method this way. And uh, we figured if anybody's going to try and do it and bring you something really cool that, once again, has that Roddenberry in it that's also going to push the boundaries of technology, it's going to be us. So Look, damn we, it, we're We invented first. the cell phone, so, you know. It's, uh, yeah, where's our residuals? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, does did you have a question? I, I felt like someone over there did, but I. Any more questions? Just, you know, comments, no? concerns. Yeah, so the, um, the like the bullet time rigs that we've seen in the Matrix and stuff like that have used uh, uh, still cameras to take a snap of picture. So what this is, it's a, it's a rig that almost looks like a tripod with nine cameras mounted on it, shooting off of mirrors to block off any angles. So, and then in post, we stitch everything together, and so it makes a seamless uh, cut 360 degrees around. So it's really, it's, it's totally fascinating and, and just really fun, and uh, I think it'll just be a, a, a kick-butt project. What's up? <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm actually not sure. Uh, I know there's a, you know, there are a bunch of 360 type things. I think there actually is a, 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 a device for your iPhone that just came out that you could shoot 360 yeah. degrees with. Yeah. I, no, I think, you know, 360 degrees cameras technically aren't new from the standpoint of having 360 degrees, but, but one, the filmatic uh, capabilities of them today are obviously well beyond what they would have been then. And two, um, they've never, ever been used to, to tell a story before. They've really been something that people have been like, oh, it's cool, it's 360, you can move around, but what you're seeing has been you know, pretty much like a static shot or a place that you get to just look at or things like that. You know, the ability for us to utilize it and 
understand characters and delve into the human condition and tell an awesome sci-fi story, uh, you know, all along is is really what we're trying to achieve. And uh, and again, it's it's you know, um, for the actors, for the director, for everybody involved, it's something that is is really actually a, a huge accomplishment. Just because, you know, to do it is is a first. It just died. Yeah. No, so it was so. Uh, so I wrote the project um, uh, with uh, the help of Trevor uh, specifically for that reason. So throughout this, we're, we're going to do it two different ways. One's going to be a 360 experience, and one will be the cut version that will you know go to film festivals and whatever. But for the 360 experience, uh, it's written in such a way that you're you may be the star of the movie, and you may be having the greatest you know monologue known to man. But I I should be seeing what they're doing. Because, you know, we could be talking to each other and, you know, kind of like, you know, yeah, the question the, happening. Yeah. Or the, the idea behind it is to make sure that um, every character is providing depth with what they're doing off camera, if you will. So when you go and look at it and you get to choose to some extent, you know, that you're the director, if you will, you get to choose the shot you're going to look at at any given time. Um, with a very small uh, number of exceptions because sometimes you just have to see something. But in general, um, the idea would be almost you know, 95% of the time you're going to get to choose and we want to make sure that whatever you're going to look at provides more layers to the story and to the characters that you wouldn't have been aware of necessarily if you were just watching you know, sort of what the director told you to watch. So it's not only do you, are you gaining the control that I think you're looking for, but you should be gaining insight into things that you wouldn't quite get if you were just watching what the director wanted you to. Yeah, you know, with a regular feature film, you know, you're just seeing cuts. So while you're acting, whoever's off camera doesn't question. need to be doing anything. I mean, no one wants to hear you. Oh, well, <laughs> listen, <laughs> Trevor. Go ahead. You know. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a good question, and, and that was one of our first questions. We were like... How does the audio work? Um, the answer is basically this. Uh, we, um, right now the technology is such that um, normally the audio is something that's going to be captured uh, only for, I'm sorry, that's not true. Normally the audio is something only going to be heard from the person that the director decides you to want. So one thing we're doing obviously is making sure that a lot of the acting has to do with body language and things that are actually going to be conveyed without audio. However, uh, we are currently working with the company that we're doing this with to see if we can't make sure, because we're capturing all the audio regardless of anybody, so we're going to see if we can't make sure that by the time it actually comes out, the ability for you to move with the camera and the audio is in sync. We're not sure for abs absolute that we're going to get there, but it's definitely in the works, and, and we're pushing, pushing uh, technology's buttons to make sure that we do our best to get there. Essentially, that would be the idea. If we can get the audio to work that way. Now, mind you, because everyone's close enough, we have to make sure that, you know, and once again, this is sort of the difficulties, that an additional conversation that's going on 
would be like a sub-conversation. In other words, you might not be able to hear it as well, but you should be able to make it out versus the main monologue or whatever that's going on. So it's really, I, I mean, honestly, I, it's, it's so tricky to take on all the different things that are gonna happen with this, but if we do it right, it should bring, you know, well more than, than a movie or anything, it should bring an experience to you guys. Yes, it'll be 360 degrees. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, so there should be, we're planning right now, and I, I make no guarantees on this, but, but we're planning right now on distributing it um, three main ways. The first way, which many of you won't be able to go to, is like the film festivals and those kinds of things. And to be honest, that's probably the most boring way you're going to see it anyway, because it's going to have to be on a screen, because they don't, you know, they're not as cool as us, and they don't think about, like, having something that would work. Uh, so, um, but the second two would be um, in dome theaters, and there are dome theaters throughout the United States, actually. Um, you can literally go, and, you know, normally you're, you know, kind of, you know, probably on some kind of drug or something, looking up and seeing, you know, Pink Floyd. But, but in addition to that, you can also see really cool stuff um, uh, that they're starting to make for those theaters, and this would be one of those where you can literally watch 360 degrees going on sort of above you in a dome setting. Um, the last would be, you know, the internet, and obviously that's the place where you're going to have the most control because you're literally going to be able to take your mouse and, and, and decide what you're going to see versus just where you're going to look in a dome theater. Yeah. Does all of that make sense? Yeah, so we would talk to, uh, you know, for us, like one of the local planetariums is the Griffith Observatory, um, but, uh, you know, there are many, many actually others, and, you know, dome theaters are actually something that are a new technology themselves and kind of popping up more and more that we've learned about recently, and they can be in planetariums. They also have, like, um, traveling. traveling dome theaters where they can just sort of set it up in a city for certain periods of time and show it that way. So there are lots of different possibilities, actually, um, as to how the dome theaters... One company that I just met last week, and we were funny enough talking about this, was it's a dome theater, but they're using what they call four, four or five D animation, and it's literally like a dome theater that comes all the way down around you, as opposed to just looking up at it. And they create almost more like holographic images around you versus just on the walls. I'm not exactly sure how they do it yet because I haven't experienced it. But if it works, it would bring even this film to a, a, an additional level. So, you know, we're going to go all out with it, and we'll see where we get to. But either way, it should, you know, definitely pave, uh, pave ways for, for new uh, kinds of entertainment because at its smallest, it's never been done. So anybody else? I think our time's kind of up that, anyway. I think yeah. that's our time. Yeah. Look, he's coming to take me away. And now the end of um, the well, thank you guys very, very much for coming. We appreciate it. We appreciate your continued support of Roddenberry. We hope you go and check out the website to find out what's going on with us. There's a lot, a lot of stuff that we're developing right now, and there should be many, many generations of entertainment to come. Roddenberry.com. Good night, Phoenix! Hi, folks. This is the Emperor. I'm here to remind you to listen to the Emperor's Court every Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern right here at vtwproductions.com. That's the Emperor's Court, your three-hour break from Internet porn.